Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. So, we have been in a series about prayer. And we've been basing this on 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Now, if you brought your Bibles with you today, I want you to open it up to 1 Chronicles. It's in the Old Testament. It's right after Kings and all that. Um, 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And we've been basing the series on a prayer that is prayed there in 1 Chronicles. And it's kind of like out of nowhere. Like 1 Chronicles chapter 4 is all about the genealogy of Jesus and the tribes of Israel. And then all of a sudden there's this prayer stuck in there. Kind of like random. Totally random actually. And it's called the prayer of Jabez. Or if you're from Southeast Texas, Jabez. So let's read it together. Are you guys there yet? 1 Chronicles chapter 4. It says, yes, chapter 4, verse 10. It should be on the screen too. Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory, that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. Now I want you to notice there are four specific things that Jabez asked God for. He asked for his blessing. He asked for God's increase. He asked for God's presence and for God's protection. Now, besides the obvious, what do those things really mean? And why would he ask for those specifically? These are the questions that we want to look at over the next few weeks And specifically today, I want to talk about one in particular. But last week, Pastor Bob talked about the connection between faith and prayer and the blessing of God. And all it takes is a little bit of faith and a heartfelt prayer, a true, honest, brave, bold, desperate, heartfelt prayer. Just a little bit of faith, a heartfelt prayer, and God will hear and answer you. Now, when he answers, it might not look like what you thought it would look like or even what you want it to look like, but he does answer prayer. And then Pastor Bob said that when we ask for God's blessings, we have to understand and remember that God blesses us so that others can be blessed through us. We are blessed to be a blessing. So this week, I want to explore the second thing that Jabez asked God for, and that was to enlarge his territory. So when you think of the word territory, you usually kind of think of land. I know the realtor in me thinks of land, land or buildings or, or something you own or maybe even influence, right? So what exactly was Jabez asking God for when he asked him to enlarge his territory? We have to think about who Jabez was in order to really answer that question. So if you go one scripture before in 1 Chronicles 4, 9, it tells us that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, than his siblings. He was a man of honor. Jabez was honorable. So we know he honored God. Jabez, let me just give you some context. Jabez was asking God these specific things after the Israelites had just come back from exile, right? They had lost all the land that God had given them. Their city was a mess. Their temple was basically destroyed. 
They were in a mess. And because of all that, they had started straying away from God. And Jabez saw this. He saw the people around him and how they were hurting and in pain. And so they started drifting. They started looking for relief in all these places other than the one true God. And Jabez knew that the people needed to be reconnected to God. You know, he was asking God for a greater influence because he wanted to be able to point his people back to God. That was the point. He wanted a greater influence. And, you know, you have to look at it. They were doing, just to give you a little bit more, kind of a visual. These people were doing the same thing they did when Moses had led them to freedom, right? Led them out of Egypt. They were out in Egypt waiting to get to them or wandering to get to the promised land. And what'd they do? Moses turns his back for one time and they're out doing all kinds of stuff, making an idol, worshiping, doing all kinds of sketchy stuff, right? Well, the same thing was happening after they were coming out of exile. They were doing sketchy stuff, worshiping a different God. That broke Jabez's heart. So he said, God, enlarge my territory because he wanted to be able to draw them to point them back to God. The people had drifted. Now, before we talk too much about them, it's easy to get off course, y'all. It's real easy to get off course. All it takes is one little compromise and then another and another. And before you know it, you're so far away from God, you don't even know how you got there. It's easy to get off course. Jabez wanted more so he could help his people come back to God. He wanted God to give him a greater measure. How many of you want God to give you more? I do. I want it all. There used to be a commercial. I think it was Wendy's. Give me my biggie fries. I want my biggie fries from God. I want every single thing that he said I could have. I want to be who he said I can be. I want to do what he tells me to do. You got to ask God sometimes for the biggie fries. And see, Jabez did. He wanted more. He said, enlarge my territory. But here's the deal. When we ask God to enlarge our territory, I want you to, I want to encourage you to remember the ABCs, ABC, awareness, boldness, and capacity. Let me ask you a question. How does it make you feel when somebody notices something new about you? Makes you feel good, right? You're like, Hey, they noticed me. They were checking it out. They were paying attention, right? Let's ask God to make us noticers. Jesus was a noticer. He saw the little things that a lot of people were missing. Sometimes we miss it. Jesus sees it. He was a noticer. Noticers are aware of what's going on around them. They have their eyes. They're lifted. They're paying attention. And you know what? They look for ways to make the world around them better. Let's ask God to make us noticers. Because part of our job as followers of Christ is to develop character of God, his character. So we got to become noticers. Look at Matthew six twenty two. This is a really good scripture. And as I was reading it, I, I was telling Pastor Bob, man, this is so deep. This is so deep. But here's what I want to tell you today. Matthew six twenty two. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. This verse tells us the importance of keeping our focus, keeping our eyes open and clear so that we see what's going on around us. Because here's the deal. We're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. 
We have to keep our eyes open so they see that light shining through us. We can't get distracted. Jabez had a lot going on in his life. I suffice it to say, he had a lot going on in his life. He lived in a time, y'all, just like the time we're living in. When you think about it, things weren't very different back then. People were turning away from God like nothing, huh? Just like they are now. Their lives were a hot mess and Jabez actually noticed it. And when he saw the people around him, it broke his heart. And he asked God to intervene, starting with him. Let me tell you something about awareness. Awareness is not just what you see. It's how you see it. Do you see the lost and hurting people around us in this city? Do you see them? Do you really see them? Or is your current situation the focus? I'm not judging anybody. I'm just wanting you to ask yourself a question. Because if I'm going to judge, if I'm going to point a finger, well, I got three more pointing back at me. Do we see the lost and broken and hurting around us all the time? At work, at school, at the grocery store, driving down the street. You drive down the freeways here sometimes and you see it real fast. I'm just saying. But they, do they break your heart? Do you see them? Or, or are you so focused on your own situation? Or maybe you see them, but again, your own life, your own issues, your own struggles, whatever, they are just too difficult for you to rise up out of. You just can't get up out of it to be able to help the hurting and the lost. Guys, we can't let our eyes become unhealthy by only focusing on our life, our stuff. Because you know what happens when we do that? We miss an opportunity to be the light of Jesus to those around us. I'm just going to tell you, everybody, everybody, everybody in this room is dealing with something. All of us. We're all dealing with something, whether it's finances or maybe aging parents. Maybe it's, you know, navigating parenthood in general. Homelessness, grief, loneliness. Everybody in this room is struggling with something. So we can't let our struggles or our issues block our vision and become all that we see. Because you know what? When we do, that has the earmarks of an idol. An idol, remember, is anything that you have prioritized over God. If we spend more time praying about, talking about, worrying about, thinking about our own issues, than we do praising and serving God, that looks like an idol to me because it's taken priority over praising and serving God. Look, y'all, Jesus died to give us peace, to give us healing, and to give us power. And he expects expects us to tap into that power and then let him help us navigate the challenges we face. You want to know why? Because God has plans for you. He has plans. The church, you, us, us, we are the plan to bring Jesus to a lost and hurting world. God wants to use us, the church, you, me, all of us to bring 
others to the light of Jesus Christ. If we're not going to do it, who's going to do it? Somebody else? No, we are the somebody else. That's us. We are the somebody else. There's nobody else. They no plan B y'all. We are it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize what any of us are going through. There's some deep stuff that a lot of us in this room are going through. I, I know that. I'm not minimizing that at all, but I'm just saying there are broken, lost, hurting people around us and they don't know Jesus. Do you see them? Have you noticed them? Ask God to give you eyes to see because you know why you may be the only person who will lead them to Jesus. Think about that. You may be the only person they know that even knows Jesus. Look up, notice them. And you know what? It matters because Jesus is all we need. Matter of fact, Jesus is everything this entire world needs. He is the sum total of every single thing every single person in this entire world needs. Jesus. And we have an opportunity to point them to him, to what they need. We got to look up. We got to be noticers. We have to be aware of those around us. Our job is to serve others. And when we're serving them, we're being his hands and feet. You know, we have to see that as an honor and a privilege. Serving God is an honor because of, first of all, who he is, but more importantly, Jesus Christ on the cross died. He suffered, died for us. It's an honor to serve the man that gave it all. We got to see it as an honor and a privilege. Wow. A privilege. You know, Jabez saw the hurting people around him. So he asked God to help him reach them, to enlarge his territory, his influence, and the people he could reach. Give him more. God's already enlarging our territory, y'all. We have to look beyond our own lives so that we can see it. And once you're aware, then you're going to need some boldness to act. Some boldness to speak up and act. This is one of my favorite verses, 2 Timothy 1, 7. It says, God has given us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, self-control. God's already given it to us. Every single follower of Jesus is infused with the boldness that only comes from God. You got to remember that. And notice that scripture refers to it as a spirit of power. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit power working in and through you. Sometimes we don't move forward because we don't think we have what we need. Or maybe we're afraid. Well, 2 Timothy says that you have everything you need. Every single thing you need to lead others to salvation. To tell them about Jesus. To cast out demons in his name. You have that power. If you've given your life to Jesus, that Holy Spirit power that lives in you, you can cast demons out in Jesus' name. If you're addicted, cast that demon of addiction out in Jesus' name. You have the power. You have the power to heal the sick and to pray for the hurting. We got to have boldness. We got to have boldness. We have to have boldness to understand that, but also to ask for more. You want more? You need some boldness. 
the good thing is that God already gave that to us through Jesus. We just have to walk in it. Well, what does that mean, walking in it? I like to think of it as confidence. Think of confidence. Confidence is an awareness of who you are, no matter how you measure up to other people, right? And when you truly know that you belong to God, which means the Holy Spirit is living in you, then we should walk differently. We should talk differently. We should act differently. We are to be bold, bold. What Proverbs 28, one means when it says the righteous are as bold as lions is that righteousness comes through Jesus, believing what he says, and then doing it, doing it. Confident people don't hesitate. They act, they act, they move. They don't sit around and talk about it. They move, they act as followers of Jesus. We have to learn to walk in God confidence. Not our own. Oh, I'm all that. I got that. Mm -mm -mm -mm. No. God confidence. Because that's what we get through Jesus. And that means that we believe that God gives us boldness to lead others to him. So we do it. We believe we have it, so we do it. We step out in faith and we do what God calls us to do. And sometimes sometimes we get a little, I don't know what the word is. We get a little... Uh, over the top with it. Well, what, what does God want me to do? What is my calling? Pursue God, love people. That's it. Real simple. We complicate it. God is not. Pursue God, love people. What does that mean? Okay, well, here's what pursuing God looks like. You get to know him. You want to know him. You reach out to him. You pray. You worship. You read his word and you get to know who he is. And then you obey what he's already said in his word. And when all of that happens, that leads to the second part, love people. When we do what God's already told us to do, serve others, prefer others, give, pray for them. Well, the byproduct of doing that is that we love people. That all takes God confidence, boldness. And the reason why it takes boldness and courage to push past our own agenda, to push past our own desires, our own struggles, what we want to do. It takes boldness to push past that so that we can be there for others. You know, it's not natural to do that either. It's not natural to prefer others, to care for others, to pray for others. And that's why we need the boldness and courage of God to do it. You know, Galatians 5.16 says that we're to walk by the spirit. That means we let God lead us and you don't gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay. So the desires of the flesh, usually we think of that as like sexual immorality, drunkenness, carousing around all these bad things. But let me tell you something, the desires of the flesh are the things that we would rather do instead of what God wants us to do. And this verse, Galatians 5.16 says that we can push past those things through the power that we've been given through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit power. If we believe, that takes faith. And that's why faith and prayer are tied together. 
Remember, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction, the strong belief of things not seen. This means that we have faith that God does what he says he's going to do, and then we walk boldly in it, and we believe. We believe. Ask God to make you aware of those around you, and then ask him for boldness to reach out to them. Then you have to ask him to enlarge your capacity. You need to ask for a larger capacity so that you can actually help them. It's one thing to see them. It's one thing to ask for boldness to reach out to them. But what you going to do then? What if you're all stretched out, no margin, no nothing, and you can't do anything for them? That's a missed opportunity. We have to ask God to enlarge our capacity. And you know, there are a lot of different meanings of the word capacity, but the deep, the meaning I'm talking about is what we're able to do in any given moment, our capacity, what we're capable of doing in any given moment. When we ask God for more, we need to have the capacity to take it on because if we don't, we're going to mess it all up. We won't be able to handle it. Remember, God knows us through and through. We may think we have the capacity to take on more, but that doesn't mean that God thinks we're ready. You see, if you're not already doing the very best you can with what you've been given to do, God's not so inclined to give you more because you're not stewarding well what you've already been given. And not, again, this is not meant to be judgy, but I got to tell y'all the truth. Y'all. I didn't come up here today to give you cupcakes and rainbows. I came up here to give you the truth with a capital T. God wants to give us more, but we have to ask him in the asking for more to enlarge our capacity so that we can actually do something with it. Something effective for his kingdom. Are you doing the best you can with what you've already been given? That's a rhetorical. Don't nobody answer that. Rhetorical question. Are you already doing the best you can with what you've already been given to do? Are you doing your best right now? Are you paying attention to the details? Are you noticing the things around you? Are you going above and beyond the expectations? Are you doing that already? Or are you just doing the bare minimum to get it done, to get by? Do you take the initiative to see what needs to be done and then you do it? Are you just waiting to be told what's next? Matthew 541, Jesus was clear. He tells us that when someone gives us something to do, then we should go the extra mile and do more. Going above and beyond doesn't come natural for many people. So we have to ask God to help us. The more you go the extra mile, the more your capacity will increase. And it's because the more you do something, usually you start finding easier and better ways to do it faster. And as that happens, you're able to take on more, right? It's a natural byproduct of striving to do your best. Enlarging your capacity is not something that you just decide, oh, I'm going to do that. You got to ramp up to it. It's a process. It's a process. Enlarging your capacity is a process. And it starts with having a teachable spirit and humility. You know, I have three grown daughters. And I can easily say that they're probably experts at doing laundry. They know how to do laundry really well. And you want to know why? 
because I taught them how to do laundry at a very young age. There were a lot of reasons why, but when they were about 10 or 11, I stopped doing their laundry. I was like, nope, I'm a single mom. I need some help. Do your own laundry. But there was another reason. The reason is that they needed to learn to take care of themselves. They needed to learn to figure some things out. They needed to learn the hard way so that they could grow their capacity. They didn't want to do their own laundry. Oh my goodness, I got so much pushback. So, well, I guess you go wear them stinky pants. They didn't want to do their own laundry, but they did. They humbled themselves and they remained teachable. And you know what? They learned real fast that if they didn't sort their clothes out, everything was pink. And they also learned time management, paying attention, because they learned that if they didn't take those clothes out of the washing machine and put them right in the dryer, their clothes were going to smell like garbage. They learned. Eventually, they got so good at it. Thank you, Jesus. But you know what? In the process, they learned multitasking, time management, organization, and they learned patience. They learn some patience. This is just a simple example, but this is how you enlarge your capacity. You do the best that you can with what you've already been given to do, whether you want to do it or not. That's humility. And then you're willing to learn ways to do it better, faster, smarter. That's having a teachable spirit, even if you're teaching yourself. And before you know it, you're able to do more because you have enlarged your capacity. Jabez was honorable, so I'm sure he was already going the extra mile. And we know he was willing to do more because he specifically asked God to give him more. You know, it's great to ask God for more. He wants to give us more. But if we want more from God, we must be willing to enlarge our capacity so that we can actually handle it. Bigger and more bring their own set of challenges. And when we've learned to grow our capacity in the little things, then we're better prepared to deal with the stretching and the growing that comes in the bigger things. If we're ever going to be a good influence in this world and be able to effectively point others to Jesus, we have to enlarge our capacity. You know, Jesus didn't suffer all that and die just so we could have comfortable lives. Nope. I, I, hate to t- I don't hate to tell you that it is what it is. Jesus didn't die for us to just be comfortable and happy and, and live in our own little world. No, no. He died and he saved us so that we could lead others to him. And the one thing about God is he's progressive. We're not supposed to stay where we are. When we pray for God to bless us, remember, the blessing is also for others to be blessed through us. Let's always, always ask God to enlarge our territory. But let's also be aware of those around us who need Jesus. Again, this doesn't necessarily mean evangelism, street corner preaching, or preaching. Just be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can do that. We can all do that. We can be the hands and feet of Jesus. We can open our eyes and notice others. Get out of our own stuff and open our eyes and look up. Look up and notice those around us. We can all do that. Let's ask God to enlarge our territory.
Let's ask him to help us be aware of those around us who need Jesus. And then let's walk in the confidence, the boldness that God gives us to reach out to them. And let's work to enlarge our capacity so that we can do more and do it in a way that brings honor and glory to God. The world needs what you have to give. Everybody here has something to give. The world needs it. This world needs you, what you have to give. Even if you've gotten off track, that's all right. Because remember, God always accepts people who are willing to come back to him, no matter how far away they are. Remember that. None of us have gone too far. Nobody has gone too far. You haven't done things that God won't forgive. You haven't done things that God can't forgive. He wants to. You know, I think, I think one of our worst enemies is guilt and shame. Because they're like a wall. They're like this huge wall that blocks us from seeing the good. Because all we see is the bad. They hold us back from asking God for more. You know, one of the most beautiful prayers prayed is in Psalm 51. And it was written by King David. And it was written at a very, very low point in his life. He had just had an affair with a married woman, put a hit out on her husband and had him killed on the battlefield. And there were consequences of their affair. So King David did all that to hide the consequences. And he was called out on it. And when he actually realized the depth that he had sunk to, the sin that was just all over him, he was broken. When he realized his sin, he was broken. He was broken because he knew he had only sinned against God. And he knew that he needed God's hand on his life. And he knew that God had more for him. So King David pushed past. You got to push past that wall of guilt, shame, regret. He pushed past that and he reached out to God. He cried out to God. And this is exactly what he said. God, oh God, be merciful to me because you are loving. You're always ready to be merciful. According to your abundant compassion, wipe out all my sins, all my wrongs, Wash away all my guilt and make me clean again. Be encouraged that God has more for you. Ask him to enlarge your territory. Don't let the the guilt or the shame of your past hold you back from asking God for more. Reach out to God. He has forgiveness if that's what you need. He has healing in his hands. Don't let anything hold you back from that. He's reaching out for you. He's waiting for you to reach back to him. He's here right now. He's right next to you. He's as close as your next breath. And he wants to take away your past. Give it to him. Your mistakes, your regrets, the shame, the trauma, even if it wasn't your fault, offload that to God because here's the deal 
you cannot receive from God with closed hands, holding on to something that you were never meant to hold on to. Release it, give it to God and let him fill you up. Let him give you more. Let him enlarge your territory. Tell him what you need. Tell him what you want. If you need healing, tell him. If you need another chance, he has that for you. He's got chance after chance after chance. You haven't burned through them all. If you need another chance, ask him for it. If you need freedom because you're locked up in a prison of addiction, pain, guilt, shame, trauma. If you need freedom from that prison, he's got the key. Reach out to him. You need to let go of some things so he can give you more. He wants to give us more, y'all. We have to be willing to let go. So let it go. Let me pray for you. Oh, Heavenly Father, I know you're here. I know you've been here all day. You've been preparing for this moment, Lord. Will you give us eyes to see, God? Give us eyes to see. First, you. Give us eyes to see you in everything. Lord, open up our eyes. And pray. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, the name above all names, right now, Lord, that you break chains, that you break chains of fear, of pride, of addiction, of shame, of trauma. Lord, you are the chain breaker. Whatever is holding us back, Father God, break it off right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. struggling with pride. He doesn't even know he's struggling with it, but it's holding him back. It's holding him back and it's bringing shame. It's bringing fear and he doesn't know it. Lord, break off those chains of pride. For that woman who's addicted, for that woman who's addicted, set her free, God set her free in your mercy and your love and your abundant compassion break the chains of addiction that are holding our sister back Lord set her free in the name of Jesus give her the boldness that she needs to reach out to you Lord because you are the answer thank you God thank you God you make us aware of the hurting around us thank you God you give us boldness to reach out to them to pray for them Lord, thank you that you're enlarging our capacity so that we can do more. We can be all that you created us to be. We love you, Father. And we just thank you that you love us so much in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You just stay in this moment of prayer. Just just keep your eyes closed, your heads bowed, please. Let's just honor this moment. If there's anybody here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, maybe you you kind of know what I'm talking about, but you kind of don't. If that's you, or if you've strayed, man, if you've strayed, he's still here. He's still calling your name. He's calling you back. If that's you, today is your one day. Your one day to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Will you just, all you got to do is pray the prayer. Pray this prayer after me. Believers who've already given their life to Christ, let's pray it together to encourage those that are wanting to make a decision for Christ right now. All you got to do 
pray, Dear Lord, forgive me for my sins. I repent. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.